0: holy shnikey first base dynasty rankings time are they in freeman falling or should we be vlad there are so many vets still swinging well we vado start this podcast ring the josh bell because it's time for dingers
1: Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just David Ortiz that gets elected to the Hall of Fame. Oh, wait, wait, it is. Oh, well, this is awkward. Welcome to Dingers. It's Tyler, joined again by Robbie from the Murder Room. Robbie, how you doing today, my friend? I'm good. Um, I, I had to get Ortiz, a stab in at the yeah. Baseball Hall of Fame. Like, how how hard can you drop that ball? You, like, baseball writers, I'm going to get this out of the way now. Baseball writers... You are the Bill Buckner of first base. You (laughs) let this roll right between your legs. Um, It's, it's awful. And you failed the baseball hall of fame and you failed baseball period. Like two of the best players of all time cannot be excluded regardless of whatever you feel that they have done, that they have not been penalized for by major league baseball. Shame on you. I'm done.
0: Uh, Fair enough. Um, my one and a half cents on this is that the Baseball Hall of Fame is a museum and people really get worked up over it and they, oh, he's enshrined or, you know, snubbed or whatever. Um, it, it, you can, you could, should just include everybody because it shouldn't be a place for like the holier than thou player. It should be, you know, Barry Bonds is a superstar and Roger Clemens did amazing things. And you can talk about the fact that they are suspected of this or if they were guilty of something. That's that's all part of history, which is what it's supposed to be. It's a yep. museum. People just lose their mind. and I know in in at least one league chat, um, there's 50 plus messages talking about it today uh, in the last day and a half. and and that's fine. Uh, but it is a museum. and it it means nothing if you're in and nothing if you're out. It just makes the place um, in your opinion. Better or worse to visit because it is or is not there, whatever or whomever it is. Uh, we've got the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame kind of in between where we live, Ty, and yeah. uh, they're stretching to find ways to induct anyone that's notably <laughs> uh, notably involved in baseball and had a Canadian connection. You know, if you played for the Expos, if you played for uh, the Jays, if you played for Team Canada, if you did something, if you were employed, some of the employees of the Jays in the nineties glory glory days uh, have been inducted. And now that the um, rays are going to become part of, you know, the Canadian baseball landscape, they're probably going to start going all the way back to other guys. Oh, again.
1: you haven't heard yet. What? That got, that got vetoed. What? When was this? Yeah. Like this week. Yeah. Baseball, Major League Baseball, the executive council what? vetoed it. Yeah. They're like, wait, this could make you money and you guys could be really good because you're too good at scouting and drafting players already.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, Seriously? they
1: vetoed it. Yeah, they, they they ruined fun. Like baseball is just on fire gosh. this week. Like yeah. they're just and this is the point, right? Like you, you know, I agree with all your points about the museum side. The only thing I, I will add to that uh is that I, I do think it's the responsibility of a museum to tell the story of baseball. And regardless of right whether you think Bonds cheated or Clemens cheated or any other player in that category, they were still a part of the history of baseball. And this is clearly a vendetta by a section of the sports writers in that this sport
0: to, Which to brings, attack them, right? And that brings to issue, why are people who um, don't play the game voting on players who Million get in? Um, yeah. You know, let the peers talk, right? Because you could have somebody who's like, I could never get this guy out. Or I could never throw this guy a pitch like this. Or somebody, I could never hit this guy. They were so good for so many, you know, years or whatever before I arrived in the league. And long after I left, they were in there playing. So in their mind, the guys who did it could say, these are actually the, you know, generational players.
1: Here's the best way that I've said it to somebody this week. So you're telling me the guy that was good enough to intentionally walk in a run, right? isn't deserving of this, this achievement. And like, just when you, when you think about that context, like that yeah. just tells you how insane the debate has been over the last couple of days, but let's move on and, and let's yeah. do what a lot of people that are tired of that conversation are doing. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon. Because good advice only comes in a bottle.
0: Oh man! <laughs> My cork just broke. Oh, oh no. Man. Like well outside, right? Home. Nothing nothing fell in like a wine cork.
1: No, the lid yeah. has a cork inside the right. lid and it and it popped out. That's never seen that before.
0: Oh, well, I'm what? going hard right now to start with a Coca-Cola. Nice. Uh, it's the it's classic, but that's just because I've had a lot of water today and coffee and I need something um, to keep me awake before I have beer. Um, yeah. It's just been, uh, it's been a lot of trouble at work the past couple of weeks uh, that, that COVID has made its way through and we've got some protocols where anyone in a family has symptoms they all are supposed to hunker down and we do testing three days a week and a lot of people are missing work these days so um, things are not as fun as they should be in february january still january oh (laughs) man
1: well i mean if if you start to see the the customer base drop too maybe you guys can feed the truckers on their way through (laughs) well i've got a whole (laughs) bunch
0: of students and they're eager to eat um it's just the people that are serving them who, you know, everybody had to do their thing to be employed. Unlike the truckers, we had to, we had to be vaccinated to be employed and, or actually, I guess it's like the truckers, but we just didn't fight as they are. Anyway, if anybody doesn't know, just Google that. I'm sure it's across in the States that there are are Canadian truckers who don't want to get vaccinated. So they want the Canadian government to change things, but the American government is in same step with Canadians where it doesn't make sense to me why they're doing what they're doing with the truckers. But, hey, you got your beliefs. Cool. Go for it. We got our beliefs, Ty. Um, talking about how we sort out dynasty rankings. Because we've released a few episodes. We've been getting asked, um, you know, DMs on Twitter, at Pod. Uh, you can find me, at Baseball one Ty, at Um, How are we coming up to our rankings? How, how is it that we figure out a five-year you know, ranking for players. So I have a few fun facts I wanted to break down so that people get the idea of how you can't just, you know, do a top 10 list because that's really easy. Um, And as well, Ty, uh, happy third anniversary to us. Uh, Three Mm -hmm. years ago this week, we launched episode numero uno um, and it's been 187 since with this being 188. So good for us. Yeah. only only drunk for most of them by the time they finished <laughs> and we did record more than this um yeah. ones that didn't get to come to air and ones that we just did over <laughs> it's true so yeah be- because of drinking for some and because of recording with others but uh i mean we've been on a good stretch since we've switched to streamyard here so um but anyway fun facts for everybody um in a 20 team basic league with nine hitters And you can say nine pitchers if you want, if you want to do five starters, four RPs, however you break it down. Leagues always vary. But nine hitters, that's the big one, right? Your standard lineup in a 20-team league, you then have 180 starting players before you get into benches, which can be eight deep, and you might have four hitters, you might have eight, whatever Whatever you do, doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter. Um, Just some facts for people, because they always seem to think, like, why do we have Players who seemingly suck, ranked you know in certain spots. Well, last year, talking about OPS, only 61 players had an OPS of 800 or higher. Typically, when you're in trade talks, one of the things a lot of people base um, player value on is what's an o- what's their OPS sitting at. You know where are they? if they're at 750, they suck, right? Randall Gritchick, he's terrible at 7- at 750, he's garbage, um, and that's really standard talk, right? Seven guys with 750, they're underachieving, they're not doing anything. Well, that means about one third of the players in a 20 team league are are useful um, and two thirds suck. So you got to be okay with guys that are under 800 and only 35 guys had an OPS over 850 and only 15 were 900 or higher and only six were over 940. So elite air is not hard to find between 850 and 900. You know, you're dropping way off. You're getting into very elite skill sets there. So you have to have a bit of uh, forgiveness with OPS. Uh, Average, that's another huge one, right, Ty? A lot of talk about averages. You play in category leagues, and it's huge. Um, I know you can see this. Are you looking at this, Ty? I've got it up. I do. Okay. Well, I was going to say, if you you weren't, I was going to ask you to guess. Um, Well, I haven't looked at the numbers, so. Okay. How I'm many players good. How many players in Major League Baseball do you think last year had an average over 250? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say 81. Okay. Now, a benchmark, would you not agree, for a player being good or not, is higher than 250? Right? Um, if a guy hits 250, do you think, oh, they're a good player? Or do you think, okay, 250, and you shrug it off? I need 250 plus excelling in another stat. Okay, that's that's, fair. that's a good rule of thumb. A hundred players even had a batting average of 250 or higher. Yeah. And of those, only 55 were at 270 or higher. So 45 guys hit between 250 and 269 last year. And that is rough when you're thinking, well, my weekly, you know, like the, what won my league last year was a batting average of 280 or something like that, right? If that's what's happening, you're in a small league. Um, but also, you need to check your other categories, like Ty said, if you got a guy that hits two fifty, they should do something else. Um, elite average guys, though, they actually do make a difference in your leagues. Depending on the size, it can be, you know, e- e- emphasized even higher. Uh, somebody like Magical, who I talk about who's like a pencilman for three hundred hitter, those are valuable guys. Uh, they might not be getting you a lot of counting stats, but when you're playing in an average league, that's a big thing because only 14 guys had an average of 300 or higher last year. And 256 players would be considered um, positional starters in a 30 team league. 270 mm-hmm. if you do a 30 team dynasty where you have a DH for all 30 teams. So, well, I 200... think it's... Sorry, go ahead, Robbie. Well, 270 players would start, not benches, just starting players. And only 14 of them had 300 averages. So think how low you can realistically go and not fall behind league mates. Now there are, well, there will be teams that have like peaks, right. Who are, who are nailing it this year in, in those certain categories, but it's okay to think like, okay, well, their average wasn't 250. What else can they do for me? And when we're doing dynasty rankings, that's a really important thing is don't look at what they haven't done well. Think about what they could be doing better and can they sustain what they're already You know, good at that discipline. Um, You talk a lot, Ty, about going from double A to triple A being a huge jump, right? Or from high A to double A and that being projectable in a good way or bad way. And this is the same thing, kind of doing it just using the major league side of dynasty rankings. Well, I
1: think there's a huge skew towards uh, or away from batting average in most people's minds, but it's a huge indicator of opportunity, right? Like, I mean, if you just do the pure opportunity consideration of, if you get a hit, you have the potential for accounting stat, right? Like walks obviously give you a similar outcome as well. And those two things in combination can be really valuable. So I
0: think it's interesting the, the way people have misunderstood that value. Well, to your point, Ty, <clears throat> Major League Baseball last year, how many players do you think had 100 walks or more? Ooh, hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to say 130. 130 players had a hundred or more walks.
1: Yeah. I mean, people walk like crazy. I don't care about walks. So that's okay. my personal. So I have no
0: idea. Yeah. Uh three. Three players had a hundred or more walks last year. So so not 130 though. So not just off. <laughs> just off, which, which honestly uh is crazy that there are that few players <laughs> walking. You know how many had a hundred or more strikeouts? 145. I was gonna say 130. Yeah. (laughs) I I didn't want you to go the other way on and be like six. Um, so it's the exact opposite though, but it was Soto with 145. The next guy up is also captain strikeout Gallo. He had 213 strikeouts, but he had 111 walks. So if you're in a strikeout, uh, walk league Gallo's still minus 112 for you, but overall he doesn't actually hurt you in those leagues. As long as you're counting both, right? If you only count strikeouts, you're not counting walks. I don't know why you do that, but if that's what you did or in a points league, you know, had sometimes like a half for a walk or a full for a kid, whatever it is, just remember that Gallo's not hurting you there. Uh, and okay. Bryce Harper was the other one who had hundred. Now Otani had, um, over 90 and so did Robbie Grossman, which I crazy, um, 93 guys had 50 or more. So that's where you get it. It's 50 and up. So that's kind of the benchmark. So just for people who are talking about it, and then stolen bases, that's the last one we'll touch on. Um, People talk all the time, your redraft, uh, your redraft writers, your redraft podcasters, your redraft streamers, they are all talking to you about steals strategy. It is huge with redraft, right? Because that's the difference between, uh, you know, a three-point jump in your standings over the course of a day or completely bottoming out. If people punt on, on stolen bases, is that a big deal? Well, I'm here to tell you right now, that there were only 27 major league players that had 15 or more stolen bases and only 14 had 20 plus so it's like basically one guy had 15 and the <laughs> and the rest were all were all 20 well, 20 plus guys and it, it's it's you know you're either in on stolen bases legitimately just taking the player good bad or otherwise or you're out on stolen bases um and you collect them as you go it's such a we- Discipline. Sorry,
1: Ty. Yeah, and this is something that you know those two things are correlated, average and stolen bases. When there's more stolen bases, the averages will go up. When you don't put the pressure on the pitcher to throw a strike in a yep. position where the catcher can make a throw, um, you know, they're gonna steal bases. But if you're not having to worry about that threat, which Major League Baseball right now is probably I would guess this is the bottom, if not near the bottom, of stolen base totals in the history of the game, right? It's Obviously, yeah. and, and and now you're giving the pitcher that extra time to add velocity and have a you know a slower delivery to the plate sharper breaking stuff all those other things play a part here and and i think you're going to see and we're starting to see it in the minors a change in the player profile again back to some of the contact tools of old so i think that is an expectation that i have for the future um i think that makes our power guys more valuable coming up so we got first base today it's a Mm -hmm. great traditional power position and we're going to go through it. So Robbie, do you want to kick us off on, on our list today?
0: Well, I was going to ask you, Ty, where one thing we didn't talk about before is where's the best starting point. And I was going to say, um, we could go fairly quickly through the top 30, uh, but there are Mm -hmm. a lot of guys beyond 30 that are at least noteworthy. I don't know that we need to really dive in on some of them. So I don't know if you want to scale all the way back and then just we could just mention anybody that is worth know. We got sixty nine nice yeah. on the list. um I think this is our
1: starting point right here at Renato Nunez. Sure. um And,
0: and Renato Nunez, we
1: skip over him really quick. I think there's a really good bench bat there for those of you in a really deep league. Like Renato's not currently signed um during the lockout here, but he's a guy that could help you as as a guy if he ends up on like the Pirates or. Know one of the rebuilding squads, he could be a a sneaky good bench asset um moving forward. Uh should come with multi-position as well, which is is interesting. Um, ahead of him is a guy that I think we both want to be successful, you and I. Like I think we both are would root for this guy in some level, but obviously the major league success for Ryan O'Hearn hasn't been there. Huge power bat opportunity, but contact profile just is is a basically a baseball writers association. Uh, version of of hitting um so <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing I, I see what you're doing <laughs> um, ahead of him is is a guy that kind of filled the void that he created in Kansas City is Carlos santana uh you know he's down this list for the sole reason he's getting old and, and you're starting to see the chinks in the armor um and, and there's definitely still a little bit of of value here I, I don't see it going anywhere close to the five year stretch though. Uh, I just think it's diminishing quickly here and we have one season in the last four that's really been a, a significant one. so I think that's really why he fell down both of our lists um, well he did a I'll...
0: big rebound, right mm-hmm. he did a big rebound two years ago and then went back to like what he had been doing just prior to that because he was in Philly for a year, right? yes, Didn't two, he did two I he spent... think I think he was there for a while like two he I think did he was there for two he did eighteen in Philly so he was from Cleveland went to Philly in 2018. uh, I'm not going to say bottomed out, but just didn't have a great year. Then had a big rebound year in 19 with Cleveland. That was the 280 average year, uh, 93 RBIs. Those were like, that was career number uh, for RBIs as well for him. But then he went to, um, sorry, then he stayed in Cleveland and did not have a good year. 199 average in, in 60 games with an OPS under 700 and then went to kansas city and uh yeah it appears as though the bottom's falling out but like you said about rhino her not being able to take the job 36 year old carlos santana <laughs> get, not getting it done but getting playing time yeah yeah you could see monesty slide
1: over to first base <laughs> for those of you that want to roll those dice <laughs> uh and- hey they're <laughs> out there man people want to see that uh ahead of him michael Toglia came over from colorado in the uh reliever michael Givens went to colorado uh, Toglia was part of that trade coming back, um, uh, upside here, 23 year old. Uh, there's, there's some potential here. We just haven't seen it to the point that it looks like he's going to be able to surplant either Mancini or Mountcastle, uh, at first base. So I think that's my big concern with Toglia. I have him a, just a, t- a touch higher than you. Up, not, not much, but, um, I think there is some, some
0: upside here. Whereas oh, you know the next time sorry, Ty. I, I, Toglia is listed here I thought he was with Baltimore but um he is listed as with Colorado so I feel like there was a different Rocky that went to Baltimore getting,
1: Who am I getting crossed up with then?
0: well that's that's what I'm wondering uh i'm gonna I'm gonna scroll up and and try to find out because that's else. who I wanna put in this spot if that's the case Grant no I think it was Toglia. I know that I know what you're talking about the tra- yeah the trade cuz okay. yeah. you 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 talk about the next guy and we'll come I'm, back I'm looking him. here on baseballreference.com just because I I thought you were right but I, I only see 2021 uh he was with Spokane and Hartford high A and double A and that's Colorado and then he was in the fall league
1: I'll I'll find you the name you move on to the next guy cuz he's a guy that you might want to touch on more than I do
0: Sure um where were we <laughs> Oh, uh our analysis with San Diego. I don't I don't really care too much. San Diego's got so many position players, uh, similar to Logan Wyatt with San Francisco. It's gonna be hard for him to break in um opportunities there, but again, we're talking like 49 and 50 mm-hmm. in the dynasty rankings. It's gonna be hard to break in and make an impact. Uh Josh Fuentes with Colorado was somebody that was supposed to be good, supposed to be able to do things really fell on his on his face last year um matt bd with the dodgers one of those great little filling guys but certainly doesn't have a role carved out for himself that's why he can't be up much higher for us again five-year rankings matt bd getting what 300 at bats would be amazing um of those you know what are we really expecting could we see 60 rbis no that's not something something's gonna really have to happen in la for him to get that much playing time and it's probably gonna mean the team's not winning um, or or they're barely scraping by, right? Low-scoring games, if that's happening. Uh, Miguel Cabrera with Detroit could have a good year this year, right? Could, right? We, we'd, we'd love to see it, but um, we're at the end of the line for Cabrera. Yeah. Um, and just, so, yeah, yeah just, just to jump back in here with
1: Toglia, it was Tyler Nevin who we were both thinking about. Really? Um, whoops on that one. Um, I will say this, like, I think those two guys actually have a really similar profile. So, I, you know, obviously it was a dealing from surplus, per, you know, model when uh, Colorado made that attempt to try to get into the playoffs. Um, They have lots of failed first baseman, so they'll find another one. Not too worried about that for them. Um, But totally a very similar power profile, you know, um, has the potential to be the right-handed version of of O'Hearn. And Tyler
0: Nevin, just because we're not talking about Tyler Nevin tonight. um, I saw on, I don't even remember where it was, but it was like some type of like in-depth Baltimore uh, Oriole prospect talk mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they had a, their list of prospects that was like a collection of either the host of the show or whatever and then one guy's like here's my individual list to go- coincide with the group list and Nevin was like in the 50s yeah. for the Orioles <laughs> yep. so and, and to be clear um Kobe Mayo he had ranked above uh, Keston here said, just so people are aware of like, yeah, maybe Kobe, Kobe. Yeah. Kobe may always tie really liked him coming out of the draft in 2021. And no, we have not got to the 2022 draft guys yet. Um, and yes, we will have Mason McCray, uh, on with us when we do discuss that, but we figured dynasty rankings, slow play the off season. Let's get some MLB baseball, getting themselves together before we yeah. ramp up ourselves. So, um, just so people well, are aware with Tyler Nevin, it is absolute flyer. And for dynasty purposes, not worth the mention well, on the podcast
1: and, and the move left field going back like 400 feet um, in Baltimore definitely hurts help. his stock as well, right? So, Toga did have 22 home runs last year, but the alarming number um, is the 142 strikeouts in 425 at bats. So, that is a, a red flag for the lower levels that you need to watch out for uh, because that will not play at the upper levels or the pros. So, something. To, to take a look at 51 in 143 at bats at double a where he finished the season last year. So just something to, to keep a, a shining red light on moving forward. So jumping back in, um, you got through to Matt Beattie, who's a guy that you've always been a bit of a fan of, of uh, in terms of roster depth. I don't think yeah. he's, he really becomes anything more than that. Uh multi positioned, He's going to get you, incremental at-bats throughout the week uh, in a lot of formats because of the, the NL rules. I, I think Beedy's value plummets if they install the NLDH. I really think that is a killer for a Matt Beedy, who doesn't have everyday skill set and without the ability to steal one to two at-bats off the bench every night. That really hurts the, the amount of opportunity he's going to have. So something... Any of those depth guys in the NL, it's, a, it's something people need to be paying attention to.
0: And just just to go back, because I said, what would be like a high for him for at-bats? So in, in 19, when he did break in, he had 249 that year, but didn't start the year with the big club. And then in last year, full season, 204 at-bats. Um, he was solid with OBP and um, strikeout to walk, still 2-1. to one. So mm-hmm. just, you know, just nobody go like banking on this. Yeah, <laughs> please please don't tell us yeah. that Matt Beattie is gonna be the next great thing because ain't gonna happen. So G-Man you already Choi. touched
1: on Cabrera and <laughs> kind of the end of the career here and G Man Choi, you know, is a very similar type of, of profile. I mean, this is this is a guy that, you know, uh, for a while there was a platoon guy, right? And I think at the end of the day, unless he brings back the switch hitting, um, I think he's gonna be the same thing as he remains in, in Tampa Bay. Um and, and I just think that roster is getting too deep um for the lack of, of flexibility this bat has. I think he becomes a really valuable left-handed bench bat. Uh, I think that's what he now is. I do not think he is the starter that people wanted him to be a couple years ago. Um, yeah. Somewhere between Matt Beattie and full-time at-bats, I think is what you'll see for G. Choi. They're pretty creative with their lineup uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, jumping ahead, Garrett Cooper is a guy that, maybe one of the more underappreciated guys on this list. Yeah. Not flashy by any means, but you know, pretty reliable. Unfortunately, uh, he does find himself on the roster in LA. I believe the off trade had him there. Or did nope. that fall No, no, no.
0: He's still with the Marlins, but the issue that, that I have with him, um, he's 48 for me, Ty, you do have him up a little higher, but he ended up at 44 overall for us is that he just doesn't have a full season like he does have a 381 at bat but then in the strike shortened year which was um still only 34 games for him um and then a that was 120 at bats and then last year 215 he's not playing enough to actually help you but when he's in the lineup he is an 800 plus OPS guy he's not crushing and strike up to walk you know better than or around 2 to 1 um but the RBIs the dingers the runs it's all okay it's Why not did I think Garrett awesome. Cooper got traded?
1: Was there a rumored know. trade? I feel like that was in my brain. Anyway, I apologize. Um, that.
0: that that's okay. But I just stating the facts that Garrett Cooper, at thirty one, entering his age thirty one season, is not going to have five years of big time success because he's yet to have one where he has four hundred at bats. So Miami's getting better. Whether Cooper is platoon city and which t- again, totally useful player but you're not going to have him starting in your 20-team league. You're not going to have him starting in your 30-team league if your team's good. You can have him on your bench. You can put him in you know, when the timing's right, if you're really following the schedules to you know, who they're playing, things like that. But Garrett Cooper is not somebody you're just going to want to plug and play, and that's why he's finding himself this far back on a dynasty yeah. list. And like yeah. the next guy, right, Ty, who's not yet, but one day will be.
1: Yeah, I mean, Blaze Blaze Jordan's a guy that I'm a, a giant fan of. Now I have him back on this list because I still think he's a couple years away, and, and that impacts his value the way way we're processing this list. I mean, this yeah, of in terms of corner infield prospects, Boston has two of my favorites, uh, and, and this is one of them. Um, so I'm very excited to see him take it to the next level. He finished at a ball last year. We should see. Uh, him probably start the season there this year. Only 36 yeah. at bats last season, 19
0: years old this year. Yeah, but and his season OPS 958
1: last year, right? Like, yep. that's there's some star power here. Um, you know, an in inflated 324, he hit 362 at, at rookie ball. So, there's lots here. Uh, we're going to see progression from Blaze Jordan. We're probably going to see people make adjustments against him as well. So, um, it, it's if you don't own him already. Now is not the time to buy him. You're gonna to want to wait till the single A, double A jump, and and that's where you want to buy him. Um, and if he's available, you should be buying him.
0: Yeah, he certainly is starting to climb up generic prospect lists, and I'm only saying generic because like lists that are free. Um, I don't know. There are, <laughs> it's like those people who were all over uh, Chris R- Rodriguez. Is that the yeah. guy with the Angels? Yeah. Who yeah. I was like, I don't know. He's a huge injury risk, so I'm not gonna put much stock in him. And then he started with the big club last year. And I was like, oh, this might hurt. But then it turned out he got hurt. And I was like, okay, that's what I was talking about. So yeah. um, you you bank on some of those guys and you have to look at certain things. With Blaze Jordan, it looks like it's going to be slow progression. Ideally, the power is going to go up. It kind of reminds me a little bit of a cheater that used to be with Boston, who's now with Pittsburgh, Ty. And he comes in at number 42. Phenomenal segue. Um, and and that's our boy, uh, Javi Michael Chavez, oh uh, Michael Chavez. Everyone, it's Michael Chavez. <laughs> you're trying to look up Javi Michael Chavez. <laughs> Is that with an E Z? Hey, uh, hey, wait. You know what? Is he wouldn't. Quali-
1: he wouldn't qualify for the um, MLB proposed war bonus of pre-arbitration oh players God. with his minus point or zero point three so far in his career. <laughs> Um, or sorry, that was last well, year. That was just one, last year. <laughs> point one on his career. I mean, listen, like his numbers overall aren't aren't that terrible. Um, no. Boston really, you know, didn't give him a shot at consistent playing time. And we all know at this point, like consistent playing time is is the only way to, to really establish yourself. Um, ask Clint Frazier and, and you'll have a similar conversation. Uh, I think those are the guys that I love. You know, and in the guys that I love to be in on, which is why I've I've talked about him so much because he's on. Hello,
0: is it me you're looking for? Like it's the, so good, it's got the Where's Waldo <laughs> outfit on. Just you know, find us on YouTube. It's it's Dinger's podcast, right on YouTube. It is. Yeah. You got to yeah. go over there. And the, the the only way we'll accept your praise on it is that if you're a subscriber,
1: if not, um, screw off. I mean, we mean that. <laughs> so that, then you go to minute
0: 30, 32 and you watch and then you'll see it pop up and you'll understand uh, Lionel Richie. Very funny. The, the next, so team post hype for Chavis. And I do agree because yeah. we, I mean, we talk about it till we're blue in the face. You go, you get a guy who was supposed to be one thing turned out he wasn't but the team he was on was good and he got shipped off to another team the team he goes to sucks playing time is there for him but it's temporary right they're not just going to like clear the position for him he's got to earn it but the yeah. possibility exists that Chavis and J-Man Choi could put together a nice little combo for themselves or Chavis moves around a little bit whatever it is doesn't matter he's got an opportunity to become an everyday player um And then just like the next guy does, and now he's going to need an injury in Houston, but JJ Machevich, M-A-T-I-J-E-V-I-C. I -I I I think it's
1: Javich or Matajavich.
0: Yeah. So this is somebody who I was looking at a little bit last year because it was like a lost season. But when you go back to 19, you're like, well, like, is this guy any good? Power wasn't really there. 200 and, what was it? 99 at bats and 19 at A and double A. And this is as a 23 year old. So he's, uh, I think, a a little bit older or right around the the normal age for that. He was only 11 dingers. Coming into last year, double A and triple A, 25 dingers, 254 average, 854 OPS, uh, less than three to one. Well, 53 walks to 135 Ks, but 135 Ks in 400 at bats. Not ideal. But as we just talked about off the hop, you gotta give and take, right? So if you're gonna get the power, and your average is still gonna be north of 250, that's okay, right? Like that's okay if you're getting 25 dingers and 400 at bats at Double A AA and Triple A. Maybe he can come up and start to find himself getting some playing time on a still competitive Houston team uh, in the future, entering only his age 26 season. So I think I think there's gonna
1: him. be some outfield at bats. I don't for me he's not a sleeper. I own him in a lot of leagues, okay. um, and and I think he's going to have a lot more value than. Than people believe um you know this is a, a a late draft 2014 uh was in boston 2017 out of uh university of arizona uh second round pick for for the astros here so um you know only a couple of years of pro ball but he was suspended uh for 50 games for drug abuse that's um, why you own him 100 he fits Just like the mold, chavis chavis swears he was innocent but this one was like <laughs> This one wasn't the performance enhancing drug abuse type this one was the you know we're riding evening enhancement yeah we're we're doing a lot of things going on the weekend enhancement okay the the big red flag here's the strikeout totals um the power is is very very real yeah uh so there's there's some very good upside with the power bat here and there was a a reasonable uh step in the right direction in the strikeout totals so in 2019 in the shortened season 101 strikeouts and 299 at-bats. We're seeing something similar but not um, alarming with the batting average, uh, 135 uh, in in 402 in, in 2021, right, but matched with 25 home runs and an OPS uh, 854. So these are numbers that we can get on board with, and these were done uh, at the higher levels. So we're not projecting A-ball guys like we've talked about so far. This is a guy that's on the cusp but with numbers that are ready – to make that leap and most importantly, short porch in Houston. So a really, really important piece, um, for him because he's a, he is a lefty. So he has the ability to go a little slappy slap down the left field. So I, what I'm not done here is look at the spray chart. And so that's the last thing I want to do. Well, watch till
0: spring training. You can look at the spring training spray chart and tell everybody.
1: Well, don't don't give everyone my tips i mean this is exactly what what's
0: going to happen everyone i'm going to watch we open the show in spring training with and ties updated spring training stats if they've yeah. been listening long enough they know if not
1: welcome yeah welcome. exactly and if you and if you came in just for the team post type you fit you're at the right spot here um <laughs> because we're gonna see uh a lot of coverage for two left-handed outfielders in in the spring it's it's this guy uh, Matahavich, or however we say that, please, someone correct us. Uh, do it at Attorney Boss or at Robbie Baseball One or hit us at the pod at Dangerous Pod. Um, and the second one being Josh Palacios of the Blue Jays is a guy that I'm interested to see Again, what he does. He yeah. tore up spring last year uh, as a guy that I think the Jays desperately need a left handed bat. I'm interested to see what they do with that. Um, moving ahead, I've spent a lot of time there. Um, Evan White, a defensive prospect, first baseman ish well, guy. No,
0: no, 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 absolutely. Right, I'm gold, just queuing you up. Queuing you gold up. Gold glove first baseman, and that's not a stretch. He's won one. Um, injury last year. Horrible start last year. Uh, only 100 at-bats last year, but he won it in 2020. Sorry, that was when he he won the gold glove. Um, however, this is a, a high-average minor league hitter, which is why he got the contract. A six-year contract. Two years are gone. That means he's got quattro left on it, and this is not... The, uh, who's the Philly guy, um, that's off the 40 man now that we talked about in the last episode. Oh, Uh, uh, Kingery. Thank you. This is not Scott Kingery. This is a guy with a position. The issue he has is that he had a teammate Ty France who came over last year and rocked out at first base just as well as he did, but was better offensively. So that means we got a bit of a defensive battle coming up. And if Evan white is, which is most likely the case taking first base back, he has, the um, the nudge that maybe he does need that he's got he's got to play better offensively this year and that might work out perfect for Seattle who wants to be competitive and then Ty France can move over to um, you know second but second's got Frazier so third and third might have Abraham H. Toro and DH is another option um, so there's there's the ability for Seattle to find Evan White playing time at first base because they can move France around they can move other guys around most importantly of all this uh evan white his dynasty stock has went way down Um, for me i had him at 30th so if i'm thinking 30 starters he's probably the least valued at this moment and absolutely somebody i would go and scoop up as my bench guy i don't want him to be the starting guy for me this year but right now his value is very low when we talked about pitchers uh, Daniel Lynch was somebody who did not have a strong start last year, but you can still assume there's going to be progression as he continues his pro career if, to me, Evan White's the same thing. There's going to be progression. Now, is he going to be a 30 dinger guy? I, no, that's not what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking he's going to be a really good guy who's going to get a ton of at bats because he should be playing every day. Cause he's so good at first base. So that's where I'm thinking, um, I, I would go contact whoever has him in your dynasty league. Just see. See what they're thinking, because they're probably a little ticked, and they might be worried about Tyfrons. So maybe you can get them for loss. Yep,
1: yeah, I, I, I agree <laughs> there's some opportunity that's a huge risk, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not ready to to buy just yet on on the power profile for Evan White yet. Um, this this guy fits the mold I talk about on the pitchers all the time, where he got rushed through the middle tiers of, of the minors and skipped some development, and it scares the living crap out of me every time it happens because you see initial success and then you see epic failure and, and that's the red flag I have here. But to all of Robbie's points, like there's enough of a track record throughout the minors to believe he could possibly come out of it. Um, Me, I'll wait for post hype on Evan white as opposed to buying now, but that's again, our risk profiles between you and I, Robbie Um, next up is a guy that I love to, value more than almost anybody else and that's eric Hosmer. um let me ask you this robbie where do you think eric Hosmer finds himself on the career
0: war leaderboard in regional oh history God. why are we talking i have no clue i have so no where do you idea think
1: he ranks in the top 1000 of all time <laughs>
0: i don't know he's but- not there so okay. <laughs> I, like, like set up, yeah. I was so, all I was gonna say was that he since going to Seattle, he's been a 70 run Seattle, 70 year, yeah. RBI. What did I say? Seattle. Seattle. Well, Seattle. I, I was gonna say we <laughs> haven't we haven't even said Depoto yet. we we're just talked about Evan White and we're talking about that France. but um anyway, um he's been a 70 run 70 RBI 20-ish dinger guy since going to San Diego. But last year he had the dip and in 2020 we didn't have enough games to you know bubble up projections so um it looks like at 32 eric hosmer is going to give you less but san Diego's still loaded and they don't have future first baseman there so it's still hosmer unless they find a way to move things around it's just that you don't want to be all pumped with eric hosmer as your first baseman you just like have him and whatever you know trade capital whatever you do is elsewhere, and your lineup's got to kind of make up for the fact that like he is he is your floor first baseman he is not your ceiling first baseman correct you're not going to get and that's what i was going to say like, out of
1: in the way first base as a position is set up right you you're going to see a lot of people spend early on the top like eight bats right like that's in this position and you see a lot of people focus on this in their in their draft strategy you know similar to what i talk about in the catchers like this is a position that i would rather <laughs> go get three outfielders or some other positions and wait for an Eric Cosmer because unlike the risk of the outfield where you might have a huge upside or, or complete uh, utter failure, I will take me Eric Hosmer, right? And, and the reality is your ADP, and I'll just give you an example, like outfield versus first base could be Randall Gritchick versus Eric Hosmer. And Randall Gritchick can probably give you more counting stats, assuming he gets the at-bats, but he could also be the worst player on your team because you just don't That's know true. where he's going to be in Toronto. Right, Whereas Hosmer, you, you're, there's a level of consistency there. And so the risk on getting him a little bit later in the draft uh, is going to be worth the safety of going to get something more reliable at a different position. So that's one of the reasons that I I can lean into Hosmer a little bit more than most. 32 has has a profile that should allow him to maintain some level of consistency through five years, which is why I have him a little bit higher
0: than you do, Robbie. Well, and so yeah, we do have a a twenty plus point difference on Hosmer, and he falls to thirty nine overall for us. Uh, Bobby Bradley is the exact opposite. I have him ranked twentieth, and you've got him fifty first. Now, the reason mm-hmm. that I've got him twentieth um, is because I love the power. I know there's risk with it. There's a four to one strikeout to walk ratio risk in two hundred and fourteen. Is that what it was last year? Two hundred and forty five at bats. He struck out ninety nine times. Not great, but uh, he also had forty one RBIs in that time and twenty. What was it 36 runs? Sorry. So productive. He was productive when he was in. And if you just times it by two and say he had 490, um, at bats last year, you're talking about a guy with 70 plus runs and over 80 RBIs and 30 plus dingers. Now that average is low, low, low at two Oh eight. But we also talked about the fact that you can get a hot streak in there. You can get other guys and other places on your lineup to help to prop up stats. Um, but bobby bradley to me can be improvement cities entering his age 26 year this is that cleveland team that like you know they're always like okay they're always good their pitching's good there's an opportunity for a guy like bobby bradley to overachieve it's up to the individual owners within your dynasty league as to whether or not they are counting on him the way i think you could i think you could start with bobby bradley and you'll be okay next year but you're going to need to have at least this one other person who's first base eligible that if it isn't coming together, or if Cleveland's not playing him enough to start, you can still get production from the position. But the ceiling with Bobby Bradley is, I think, probably higher than anyone we've mentioned that isn't a straight prospect at this point in time. I'm not
1: willing to go that far on my side, but that's okay. I I, I understand the the gap here. The thing that I'll I'll flag: two forty four against the fastball last year uh, at the the pro level. He slugged five twenty against that fastball combined 365 ish give or take a couple points um against the breaking off-speed stuff and the, the big alarming thing to go with those off-speed pitches is all, a near 50 percent whiff rate on those pitches that's bad that's a very very bad <laughs> number um and that scares me and and if you i love this this thing because a it's both inaccurate and and b it gives you some great things to just laugh about a little bit. The similar batters to Bobby Bradley on baseball savant are Sam Hilliard, Miguel Sano, Ryan Jeffers, the Franimal from Il Reyes and Luke (laughs) Voigt. So it is the most terrifying group
0: (laughs) Like <laughs> your group that's worse to compare a player to like
1: the range there is just
0: incredible
1: um and and the fear is is heavy so it, that for me is why i'm out on on bobby bradley but on the flip side of that like if you go through that exact list i just listed like you're you're looking at a 25 home run average with full season at bats in that list right so there's also some things to to robbie's point of, of value with bobby bradley um but i i'm I'm away because the whiff rate is just overwhelmingly terrifying.
0: Yeah, f- fair enough. Like we got so then you get to another guy on the other side of it. He's like Aguilar, thirty-two uh, year old with Miami. N- nothing against the guy; it's just he only has so much potential to give us. You know, like there's the expectation needs to be reasonable with what what you can get from Hayes Aguilar, um, Boomer Bust with Bobby Bradley Aguilar. Let, let me far more middle. Yeah, let me
1: road. ask you this, Robbie. Like if you were to pick one of the other uh, Aguilar or Hosmer, who are you going with?
0: Ugh. Uh, well, I know from last year, I'd, I'd prefer to go with Aguilar because his line was better. Um, but I also, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Well, I mean, it was pretty, yeah, there was more power, but it was is incrementally better, but it was better. He, he also, having watched him last year, watching Aguilar, um, he also had good stretches. And maybe I was watching his better baseball, like good at bats. So to me, it felt like he was good. Also, I feel like Miami's better than a lot of people think. But I felt that way last year and then they kind of fell off. So um I'll stick with Aguilar because I'd also tack a prospect on that I could, you know, maybe shoot the yep. moon on. So I prefer him. And as
1: per usual, I would take Hosmer because I'm I would bet more on the San Diego bounce back versus okay. expecting Miami to be productive as they were. I think there's Miami's coming. There's no questions. I just I'm not ready to sign off on them being great
0: yet i think that's fair next guy up here with arizona 20 entering his age 25 season seth beer uh with arizona now i mean future hall of famer he's a 444 hitter in the bigs uh he's got a dinger sure <laughs> sure it's been nine at bats it's been nine at bats but that doesn't matter That doesn't stats only count when you want them to but anyway uh career minor league i mean bat- that's that's a that's a um
1: uh a jansen level second half right there nine at bats <laughs> yeah, ridiculous <nine> ops <laughs> yeah
0: but either way he's not, he is a like a good 280 plus average like his lowest pro average is 287 which was last year prior to the call up but um ops has always been good power has been good with him uh 16 last year in 362 at bats but in 19 Uh, That was the year he was traded in the Granky trade. He had 450 at-bats. Between the two minor league clubs, he had 26 dingers. That's kind of to be expected. Seth Beer in a DH world is going to be more valuable than in um, the NL, the current NL, Uh, and breaking in with Arizona. It's going to be weird because Arizona's uh, bad, but, like, not Baltimore bad. So it's just – I don't – does he have 400 at-bats this year? Yeah, he should – but I don't have him up high. Like, we actually both have him at 33. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with the uncertainty of, does he start regular playing time in 2022 or is it 2023? And then next year, that's when, okay, you know, officially in 2023 and beyond, he's going to move up our rankings, probably minimum, I would say, 10 spots. But if he comes in this year, gets 400-plus at-bats, that's that's a bonus. Um, people yeah. have probably forgotten about him because he was – uh first round pick traded and now he's he's not buried but now he's on a team that is not expected to do much for a while in a really tough hard pitched hard to pitch in sorry hard to hit in division a lot of good pitchers in the NL East that's NL yeah. West I'll just say yeah. other divisions NL Central um yeah sorry I'm done I can't speak
1: <laughs> Next on the list is Brent Rooker uh is a guy that's supposed to be coming in Minnesota for years now uh really hasn't broke in, I think the way Twins fans would have wanted. Um, you know, if we go back to his minor league days, uh, reasonable double digit power, uh, good OPS totals, uh, and in a, a very similar to to Mr. Beer, uh OPS in his 19 at back cup of coffee, 960 break-in with uh with a single dinger as well. Um had a reasonable 21 or 20 home run season at at triple A. Last year, uh, splitting the season, nine in the bigs. 201 average is concerning, um, right. <clears throat> you know, 70 strikeouts in, in 189 at-bats, right? So we're talking, you know, very modest production here, fourth outfielder type profile at this point. So um, this is a guy that I mean, we both are very meh on, again, uh, at 32. If I'm picking one of the last two guys, beers my guy all day, every day. Rooker is just a guy that might get us at bats. That's, I think the reality.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Move up to the next guy, change of scenery and early season success really bolstered uh, Nate Lowe. If you're looking on baseball reference, just so everybody knows it is Nathaniel Lowe. You cannot put in Nate Lowe um, last year. He did have a, a perfectly good season, 18 dingers, 264 average. average uh, Texas faded down the stretch. This was his big opportunity here, right after having 2019 as, as his rookie season, with a good competitive Tampa Bay team, he was okay. 2020, he was not as good, but also shortened season, didn't get the ebb and flow. Only in a third of the games for Tampa. Last year came in all day, every day, 157 games with Texas. So he's in the bigs now. Um production from the RBI and run standpoint, 7572. Good. Like that, that if that's your base, send sign me up for 10 years of that. Um with with 18 home runs, the average is fine. Like I said, 264. this is an above average first baseman. And when we do the full breakdown here, I think my ranking, I have him at 37. I think that's going to be an error on my part. I honestly do. I think there are guys ahead of him. Uh, just personally, I have Dom Smith who we are about to talk about CJ Cron. I have all right in the same area. I think Nathaniel or Nate Lowe, Nate Lau, whatever is more valuable than those guys, um, so I will say this, although we fell at 34 for us, I think there's a lot of stability in his future because that Texas lineup got so much better. I actually think
1: there's a little bit more here. Um, the risk is a little too much. There's other guys I I want to bet on more than Nathaniel or Nate Lowe. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I do think there's upside here. I just think there's, for me, there's going to be way too much hype train on, on Nate Lowe because the peripheral numbers are, are reasonable here the walk mm-hmm. totals are good the ops stood out um and and i think there's there's enough here to say there should be some sustained success and guess what he's not going to get pitched around this season because he's going to be at the back of the train behind seager seaman and and low are going to be right there together. <laughs> me but you said seaman and that's fun 100 so i've always said it that way and i'll never ever change <laughs> <that>. Um <laughs> But anyway, point is, um, you know, Lowe is going to be protected, whereas last year he was not. Uh, you had a productive Calhoun potentially back into that lineup, and they do have some fringe-level prospects that could support uh, this lineup. Like, Texas could become really good really fast here, uh, yeah. given the free agent signings they they brought in. Um, and, and, you know, Nate Lowe could be the beneficiary of that. So if you're owning him – normally i'm like let's sell these one season success guys uh this is a guy i i wouldn't sell if i owned uh but at the same time i'm not buying because of that same reason um and and i just think there's some good stuff there so moving ahead a guy that robbie loves uh luke and baker uh big power bat maybe the slowest person in baseball right now um and i'm talking about speed around the base paths there Uh, this is this is definitely somebody that has some pop. There's no questions about that, Robbie. You've been on Lucan for years. It seems like uh, yeah. this might be the first guy Since you ever mentioned draft. three years ago in in
0: this <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, maybe we'll have to go back to uh, episode one. But um, Baker last year, 26 dingers at Double A, just moved up at the end of the year to Triple A for two games. So you can forget about that. Although he is a 333 hitter at Triple A, everybody. So as much as uh, Seth Beer is a 444 hitter in the Bigs. Uh, Baker's doing 333 in the minors at AAA. But again, uh, Ty's talked about this. St. Louis slowly moving players up. That's why Lucan Baker's going to enter his age 25 season and his first full season will be at AAA. So he's going to be on par with everybody age wise at that level, which is great because he should do well. And then he should be looking for an oppor- opportunity to come up, um, with the potential injury that could happen to, like, you know, a Goldie could happen to, um, uh, Arenado, something could happen that allows him to come up again. If we end up with a DH in the NL, that could change the game too, or trade. So yeah. Lucan Baker is a kind of, is a kind of under the radar prospect because it, there is clearly not a spot for him in the next couple of years in St. Louis to start, but that doesn't mean he's not going to find a way to get at bats. You know, like you said about the speed thing, it's not like he's a, a right future right fielder, left fielder here. He's going to need to hang out at a corner. Um, yeah. And and a, he he is a former pitcher and and a valuable pitcher as well. So I'm sure he's got a good enough arm that he could throw from third over to first in time. Um, but either way, just I, I've got him ranked, you know, in the 20s for me because I really do like him. And we, I, I'd
1: have him I'd have him much higher if it wasn't for the roadblock and the lack of position flexibility. Um, because I think offensively there's some tools, but until we see that DH, I'm going to have him held back. And once we see that DH in the NL, then I, I'll probably move him up. So that. Could happen this season still theoretically, and I'll be wrong on this one, but um until then I'm gonna keep him back just for a bit longer. Michael Bush on the other side um has seen uh what appeared to be a blockage in, in LA for a while here. Uh we all thought, I think everybody thought Gavin Lux was gonna be better than he's been. Um, and and you know, because Gavin Lux has struggled, I believe Michael Bush is gonna have the opportunity here uh this spring. To to win a job in in LA, uh, because seeger has gone, that gives Lux the ability to maybe slide back over, or maybe they'll still sign a shortstop somehow. Depends on what they do with Kershaw's money. So there's lots of questions around. Well, they still the
0: got doctors. Trey Turner, Ty. They still have Turner for this. Oh, year. He's a
1: second baseman now, isn't he?
0: Oh, you. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just. He's the people top that. player in redraft right now. Just ask oh, okay people who play redraft really and, quick hey, side note side note side note
1: okay so we didn't get invited to whatever this battle of the pods thing is that i keep seeing on the twitter thing but in what battle of the pods does juan soto slide to seventh overall like talk about crazy like you have to be off your rocker to let Juan battle soto of get the pods what yeah was there's something that's been going on on twitter and i mean you know we're we, we're not we're not everybody's favorite, so we don't get invited to this. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, Juan Soto um, needs to be in your top three in any redraft. For those of you that are listening, that are in those formats, he needs to be top three. Period. Don't argue. Oh, it's it,
0: like it's it. Is this the the thing where they all drafted when they were at the fall league? Uh, first I'm not pitch. really sure it seems like they've been doing it on Twitter so I, I I can't
1: keep up with that and I try not to to be honest but I just got a glimpse of 7th overall Juan Soto and I'm just like that's going to be a no for me Um, and I thought it was worth <laughs> worth mentioning okay. uh, but Michael Bush here is, is going to find some bats. I mean Justin Turner certainly didn't do anything last season to make sure that he is the guy now do I think Justin Turner is over with yet no I don't think so but at the same time like if he doesn't continue to do Justin Turner things this season, there's gonna be some questions. He's on an expiring contract. Uh, and if the Dodgers don't get a couple more starters to produce, right? They they have lots in the in the stable, but some of their top tier guys are injured or or you know suspended or whatever. Um, and so we really have a lot of questions about the Dodgers heading into the season that I'm sure will be non-existence when we get once we get going. But Michael Bush could be the guy that fills in some of those gaps and so for me i i'm concerned about the playing time but i'm also excited about the potential robbie where are you at here
0: yeah i'm it's it's uh a matter of when he comes in how much will there be a position for him or will he move around and need to earn it and uh you know i'm i'm assuming having him ranked 26 for myself that he will get regular playing time uh, you know coming over the next five years. So, uh, next guy up here is 38 year old Yuli Gurriel with Houston. I mean, it's hard to say he's ranked 31st first for us. Joey Votto is in at 30. They're both 38 years old. They both had great seasons, so you don't count them out. Uh, but you got to understand that, that this might be, you know, 18 months of good player left. It could be two months and then come, you know, next summer things start to tail off, but either way, it is it, the track record is there that they should be able to continue, both of them, I think, to be useful players moving forward and tie in an effort to speed up a bit because we are an hour in and we're only now hitting the inside top 30. Um, Dom Smith with the Mets is pretty much a big question mark, right? We've seen good average, we've seen uh, decent average, like you know, 282 and 19, 316 in a shortened 2020. And um in 2021, where was he two eighty, two forty-four? Sorry. Um, but he's been consistent with the power at 11, 10 and 11 dingers. It's just a matter of for this guy, what's he going to be doing with the Mets this year coming up and beyond, but he's only going to be 27. So potential for this guy to have five full seasons of regular playing time. Last year, he had a career high 493 uh, plate appearances, 444 at bats. Look for more of this moving forward and ideally look for, 50-plus uh, runs and 60-plus RBIs, which would be progression for him. Yeah, I agree. CJ Kron came back strong, Ty, in Colorado. He's going back.
1: I mean, talk about maybe the most underrated guy on this list, right? This guy just produces. Uh, he, every When he's healthy, he's a good baseball player. The fact that he's in Colorado is probably their most important right-handed bat, uh, I think, speaks volumes of the opportunity here he's going to slide way further back. Like if you look at the guys we're going to get into later that are, are overpay for potential kind of guys, like uh, similar to what we talked about with Hosmer, give me CJ Kron for the same stats, uh, 10 rounds later. I mean, that's the reality here. So um, I, I think this is a forgotten soldier. I have him 24 You're at 38. i I'm, eight. I'm much higher because the power in Colorado, great combo, like a healthy season here with even reasonable protection is 40 home run potential here. So that's the piece that I'm most excited about here, um, is I just think he's one of very few first base bats that have 40 home runs in it. So um, that's why I, I have
0: him a touch higher. And one of the era parents, Grant Levine in Colorado is the next guy up with us at 27. Now the the problem here with Levine is that it hasn't been smooth sailing. Yes, uh, last year he did have a decent average in what in low a 281 then he moved up to high a and it went to 222 and uh that was less uh 111 at bats at high A. but even for his season last year it was a 264 with 371 at bats but it hasn't been um the original thought of 350 that he came out of the pioneer league with in uh 2018 which seems so long ago but high school drafted guy first round pick only entering age 22 season power has not been there that's the thing to develop for this guy that's what's going to make him um either the next guy in colorado or the next name of failed first base prospects with colorado so i'm thinking or yeah i'm banking on it developing
1: yeah i agree i i would too i think it's a reasonable uh, expectation left-handed bat as well Um, valuable in Colorado. Um, Next on the list, Lewin Diaz, a guy that we both love to be in on. We were very early on. I'm still in on Lewin Diaz and I've been trying to get him in a lot of leagues. And I'm and frankly, I'm, I'm shocked at how many people still value him super high um, because he hasn't really done anything to get everyone super, super jacked up. Um, And, and yet people are holding on to him. Like he's, um, you know, a first round catcher prospect out of college.
0: Um well 28 home runs between AAA A and um MLB last year. However, the average was not great in the bigs and a two forty-eight average at triple A. So they think that's that's the reason, Ty, is that if they look, do a quick search, they're like, "Oh, well, that's not too bad. And then they look, oh, he was 24 when he did it. That's okay. But again, I've probably, um, I've we need him to get the really, time.
1: Yeah, I've I've provided some really reasonable opportunities in that trade to justify the home runs though it's I'm like i said i'm just i'm shocked to the way people have stuck to him so far um i think he's gonna be good i'm not ready to say he's gonna be great a guy that i am ready to say is is probably going to be the breakout guy at this position in most people's worlds if you're a longtime listener here you know that i've been on him for a while telling you this guy's good and that's rowdy Talese, uh who went to milwaukee last year in in a terrible trade for the blue jays even though Trevor Richards has been reasonable in their bullpen. Um, I think we're going to regret letting Rowdy to Lee's get out of town. Um, and I think Milwaukee did a great job in acquiring him here. Big, big power bat and in a professional hitter given consistent playing time. He's only had that in one really small stint during the 2020 season. And he looked like a frigging superstar. And I'm excited to see if he can get back to that form. And if he can, he's a top 10 first baseman if he can get that and stay healthy. Now, those are asterisks, those things have to happen, but the upside is most definitely there and the gross majority of people don't appreciate how good this guy is.
0: And I am one of them. I do have him ranked back in the mid 40s, but that has a lot to do with the fact that as I've said before, I feel like he's probably a real a-hole and people genuinely don't like him <laughs> and that's might be why he left Toronto, might be. Might be. And I mean, I heard him talk about his own attitude. And the way in which he was, you know, throwing his own equipment in the garbage back when he didn't get called, thought he was not getting called up by the Jays. And, you know, just things like that, that, you know, kind of when I can be on the outside and hear him on the inside talk about it, I think, wow, how would his teammates react to that? Right. Like what a spoiled guy who thinks you know, that he deserves this and that. But I mean, again, he did actually get called up and then set or tie the Major League record for extra base hits in a row to start a career, you know, one of those. It's like six lines, but it was a part of a record. Anyway, um, nobody's denying the fact that he can hit the ball. It's just the rest of the game and maybe knowing and learning a role for himself and finding a division winning team with Milwaukee. Maybe that was perfect medicine for him and he'll be able to continue to do that same thing, much like Christian Walker uh, blocking Seth beer in uh, Arizona, but possibly not for too long. Uh, Walker is 31, so not a young man and certainly not at the point where I think he should be preventing playing time for the prospects. It's just a matter of do you want to hand a position over to a guy or do you want to work in um, in tow with him? And I think Christian Walker's still going to kick around for a little bit, even though I had him ranked outside my um, top 30. He comes with us at 24 when we rank our average together, because Ty, you seem to think there's more stability, I guess, than I do, perhaps.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think there's the, op- the opportunity is going to be there. And, you know, with, yeah, I think stability is the right word. I, I don't know that I would explain it. Any other way. I'm, I'm not going to be yeah. drafting him anywhere. It's just kind of where he yeah. fell in my list because of that stability.
0: Yeah, it happens. Sometimes you just look at the numbers and look at how you evaluate, and that's where a guy ends up. Like I said um a little while ago with whoever it was, Nate Lowe. I'm like, I think that's that's a mistake within my rankings, but that's you know, that's where he ended up. Uh next up we've got a twenty two and twenty-three, a couple of Minnesotans in Miguel Sano and Aaron Sabato. Um Sabato, not Japanese like I just pronounced him, um, struggled. Struggled is the right word to put in his first pro season uh, in low and high A. He combined to hit 202 last year, Ty. Not great. 19 dingers. That's good. But this is supposed to be a high contact, high batting average guy. Good strikeout to walk ratio. And he did do that. He had 92 walks and 149 Ks, which is good. But we saw that there's a batting average issue. And I think it's going to come down to exactly what was going on within that to determine the progression for him. Cause he's going to enter his age 23 year. He can't be playing a ball at 23. He needs to move up and be tested by, um, you know, the double a pitchers and things like that. And then we got Miguel Sano who's basically just like the, everybody loves to now hate Miguel Sano, but then he'll put together a two or three week stretch where everybody wants to own him desperately. And because of that, he can finish his season and the line looks pretty good because last year he had 30 dingers and a batting average over 220, <laughs> which I said over 220, not over 250, um, but 223 for Miguel Sano with 30 dingers. That's, that's helping you win. And where was his yeah. RBI? 75 RBIs, 68 runs. That, that's solid. And again, yep. he's only entering age 29, but there's just been a lot of up and down because I think S- Sano really got hyped or he just was playing well. Uh, what was it, age twenty four? It was a while ago. Now it was yeah. just the power numbers,
1: right? Like yeah. he, they were just—he's a very, large, age, human. Yeah. very large human. 17
0: tie. That's when he—that's when he really had the the all star campaign. That was the one.
1: Yeah, and, and I have Sano going backwards. I think you're heading that direction as well too. Um, we're not quite there yet. I'm thirty one. You twenty six with him. You know, I think we're both slowly dropping him down the list on the Sano side, um, and and Sabato for me is going the other way. I, I'm ready to buy on Sabato. 1015 uh, OPS at high in the last 80 at-bats, home run every 10 at-bats. There's progression still in that bat. I mean, moving from the aluminum to the wood bats at the pro level it can be an adjustment for some people, especially for power bats. I don't expect him, I'm, at least I'm not expecting him, to carry the 300-plus average that he carried across uh, his seasons at North Carolina. Um, But I do think a 260 with some pop is is in the cards here for Sabato. So I'll I'll be in on that. Uh, If anyone wants to trade him to me, uh, please, please do so immediately.
0: All right. Well, somebody that I would like people to trade to me is Jared Walsh with um, the Atlanta, Atlanta with Los Angeles, uh, which will be a loaded lineup this year. Hopefully it stays healthy. Uh, But last year he had himself a heck of a season in 530 at bats. Again, this is coming off a really strong, 2020 um and his initial rookie cup of coffee in 2019 where it was um nobody from nowhere jared walsh nobody cared about and then like 2020 he really came on with a 293 average well he backs it up this year with a 277 average yes he came out strong yes he faded a bit down the stretch but still ended up check this out ty 98 rbis 70 runs 29 home runs He helped everybody, especially in your Roto, because you got a lot of value early. But again, still finished up perfectly fine. Uh, Issue that I would have, I'm going to say three to one strikeout to walk ratio is an issue. Uh, But that might have been a lot to do with the fact that the lineup just collapsed around him. Right. You had MVP Otani. You had David Fletcher not getting it done as he was supposed to get done. Joe Adele not getting it done as he was supposed to get it done. And Jared Walsh in there trying to kick around. Um, and however many shortstops they ran through last year. So I think with a better lineup around Jared Walsh is a better player. This line is repeatable. And to me, for somebody who's only entering their age 28 season, I want it. I just don't know that dynasty owners are going to give it up to me.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but also concerned, um, because I don't know if this line sustains, like, I think everybody knows at this point, Jared Walsh can play a little bit of baseball. Um if you look at his stats by where he hit in the order because I think we're going to see an adjustment for him this season. Um when he hit 5th and 6th, I'm going to read you these these lines uh, across both starting with 5th. 380 yeah. 441 719 for a combined 1160. Um 351 eight, seven eighty 784 1152, right? So that's mm-hmm. in the 5 and 6 hole, which I don't know that he's going to be that far back, but there's a clear use case here where the, the production in front of him enabled his success so if if that lineup's healthy and the production ahead of him is is good um, it looks like he can produce but the, the concern I have is when you move him up in the order that production falls off a cliff and so if they're gonna move him up and he feels that pressure like there's a there's a clear right. indicator here. That, that something happened to him when he moved up into those spots. So, well, it was also um,
0: injuries around, right? That was that was part of it. Injuries and right. he just got bumped up. So, like you said, if he's in the right spot, if he's in the sweet but spot, he had the bulk of his abats bats in the
1: four hole last year and 242, 315, 415, 731. So, a, a still reasonable but a drop. And, and so, I'm interested, yeah, but also scared at the same time,
0: yeah, yeah, hot start. Um, and then we'll, yeah, we'll have to do either way. I'm okay with it. And if it's ups and downs, that's one of the reasons why I think it's really important to not just start the year with one first baseman and then assume you're going to be fine. You want to you have options within your lineup, uh, multi-eligible players, things of that nature, as well as prospects. Uh, sleeper prospects are number 19 guy, Mason Martin. And this is somebody who's very similar to our number 20 ranked guy, Bobby Dahlback with Boston. Bobby Dalback was uh, dingers for days, and that was his thing. And strikeouts were going to be a major issue. Well, what did he do last year? Came out of the gate and sucked. Oh, man, he was rough. Uh, I know in our home league tie, I drafted him. I was like, I got a first base issue because I got uh, Pete Alonzo and I've got Bobby Dalback. And I don't even know if I'm going to be able to find at Bats between the two guys because they're going to be so good. And it was so easy to just bench and eventually drop in a 14-team league. Bobby Dalback into the player pool. But he finished the year strong. Now, we did have... A disgusting strikeout to walk ratio of, well, it was, it was five to one. It was 156 strikeouts to 30 walks essentially, but he finished the year with 25 dingers. And, uh, where was he for, what was it? 78 RBIs and 50 runs. That's fine. Like for an official rookie campaign, cause he had 80 at bats in 2020, um, his first, a full season. That's pretty good. And that's a loaded Boston team that, you know, made it, made it to the playoffs and, Uh, got, he got that experience. Now, hopefully he can come back and be better. Now, the major thing is the Brugnan door strikeout to walk ratio here, right? We need to watch this. He can't just be a power bat because as soon as he gets, as he did eventually later in the year in the eight and nine spot with Boston, he's not going to have a lot of guys on base if Boston's not a loaded lineup. So the runs RBIs are going to be harder for him to come by. Uh, but if he's got himself up in a decent spot in the lineup, he could be a pretty offensive, uh, potent guy moving forward
1: i could see him as a trade asset for boston they've got depth to replace him in their organization and he would be a very reasonable dh if the nl moves to that format um, i could see that being a, a very reasonable trade opportunity uh, ahead of those guys on the list i mean we we touched on mason martin a little bit i think there's gonna be a ton of playing time here for mason martin um in in pittsburgh uh you know he's got chavis and susugo marked on most depth charts ahead of him is it um, susugo or Choi? uh it's susugo Choi is still in tampa so susugo oh, was the one that went over um oh, yeah, sorry. I put but that susugo wrong. is me. probably also going to be an outfielder so the reality is i, I think there's going to be a bass for mason martin and depending on the way contract suppression is handled in the rest of this lockout i think that's going to determine how much value martin has this season power's there He's going to be middle of the, the order in, in what is going to be a good lineup in a couple of years here in Pittsburgh. Uh, they're very deep in the farm system in Pittsburgh. So getting a Mason Martin now, as opposed to when that team gets good is a smart move, uh, Robbie, I know you've been all over him. Um, a guy that, you know, just keeps doing his things, Brandon belt in San Francisco. He's back there this year on the qualifying, I believe is what he took. Yep, he did um, and you know, it, in all likelihood probably his last season in san francisco Uh, i don't know that if we don't see an extension this offseason that they're gonna go through the effort of bringing him back um but a guy that's just been you know very productive he would find himself in that top 1000 war of all time list um barely um
0: barely (laughs) barely and he has been a career giant it's so this ranking might suck ty uh just because he might be like you know what i'm gonna retire after next year because i made my Big 18 or whatever million dollars he's gonna make in 2022 and he'll be 34 at the end of the year. They might be like, if I can't get come if this is my home, if I can't be here, I've I've got enough, you know, I've got generational money depending on how yeah. much you spend. Um but like listen, like this just is a guy that
1: this is a guy that missed the end of the season last year. Twenty nine home runs, two seventy-four, nine Hope seventy-five OPS. Right. Like OPS career OPS plus of one twenty five. Like this is a guy that can produce and you and I have talked about this. Like, imagine this guy outside of the awful environment of right field at at uh, whatever it's called now, Oracle Park or whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever stock now owns. um, (laughs) Well, pretty soon it's going to be NFT Stadium. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, point is, this guy's way undervalued. And and I'm, I'm not ready to say San Francisco's going to repeat what we saw last year. But I think it's safe to say that a healthy Brandon Belt's going to help you in fantasy. And, and, and a lot of people should be owning him. Like I said, good production, good consistency. You can count on it. Luke Voigt, on the other hand, um, I, I like the bounce back. And I have him high on my list because I think the Yankees are going to do something stupid and trade him. And I think there's enough in the tank there for him to be productive uh, somewhere else, the powers there. Like we saw a lot of him in 2020 in the shortened season um, because of the division yep. cage that they had all those games in. Um, and he was a tough out every a bat. And I, if I was him, I would be pissed just the same way he was because he didn't deserve the treatment he got from the Yankees last year. So I, I don't know if they're going to be able to salvage that relationship or how they're going to handle that. And, if they make a trade for, say, a Matt Olsen, like everybody assumes is going to happen, um, Luke Voigt is not going to have a lot of playing time um, at the first base position. The DH is always an option, but I I don't know where this is. But I do think there is an obvious bounce back here for Luke Voigt, and that's why I have him much higher than you do, Robbie. Um, I have him bordering on my top 10 because I think there's a top 10 player in there. Um, I just I really hope he ends up on a different roster.
0: Well, so if that's, yeah, and at age, entering his age 31 season, if that's the case where I have him in the twenties for myself, that provides a lot of value for dynasty owners. So just the fact that you and I have a variance on him means that it's worth knocking on the door in your league based on your own situation. But just assume if you already have a starting first baseman, that, that person, that owner of void in your league is probably thinking, why do you want to trade whoever it is that you have? To take Luke Voit, but what you should be doing is thinking, can I somehow get Luke Voit on my as a bench guy or my DH yeah. or something? Well, that and,
1: and very reminiscent of like a Luke Donaldson, uh, Josh Donaldson. Sorry, I just say oh, Luke, Luke Donaldson. I don't know where that came from. He I mean, sounds like I a crossed, country singer. I feel like I crossed into golf with Luke Donald somehow there. Um, wow. But anyway, yeah, that's a weird one. But anyway, <laughs> point is, uh, Luke Voit here is is got low mileage relative to to his career. So you know, the reality is he could still very much succeed um, and and see some success. So uh, I, I like the upside here. Like I said, 2020 was a big indicator for me. But um, next on our list, Alex Kirloff, I think, is a guy that <clears throat> excuse me makes me really uncomfortable at the top of this list because I just I'm not I, I I hate to have him as high as I do. I'll be honest. One thing um, I will I say, Ty. Yep.
0: Uh, he's he's listed at first base because we go by what position you played the most of last year. And he played 29 games at first base. He also played 40 in the outfield collectively, but it was 27 right field, 13 left field. So I left him in, which I know gives Minnesota, like, what, three first basemen yeah. on this at the moment, um, so, or four with with Rooker. Um, So forgive me for that. Yes, he's outfield first base guys, but we've got him in here at first base because, that was kind of the original profile was like supposed to be a you know, good average um, power guy. And last year was really middle of the road. Eight dingers, 250 average, uh, 420 slug, 720 OPS in 215 at bats. So, you know, you want to go exponential if he gets 600, blah, 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 however you want to work it. Um, what Minnesota needs to do is just be better overall. And then a guy like Kirloff can be comfortably in the, I don't know, five, six spot in that lineup and have guys behind him that can drive him in as well as obviously the guys in front who are allowing him to get good pitches, um, when it is his turn. So he had a rough break in. I think he still did a pretty good job last year from a rookie standpoint as a 23 year old. So now entering his age 24 season, I'm expecting Kirilov to just stabilize, not yeah. high peaks, but stable. Yeah.
1: I- you know who he re- could be at peak is Frank Catalanato. Uh that the would be cat? a fun. Yeah, could be. Could be. Um late bloomer, multiple stat guy, kind of kind of player. Um next on the list one of my favorite guys in this whole list is Tristan Cases in Boston. Um this is a big reason why the aforementioned Bobby Delbeck I think to me is a trade asset because this Cases kid is for real. Uh he is in my opinion, the best player in Boston's system right now. Uh, I'm really, really excited to see him get to the pros. Um, and and stop messing around with Bobby Delbeck at first base for Boston. I'm less excited as a Jays fan, but excited as a fantasy owner because I have him in several spots. Um, I, I just think he is just a ball player that that is gonna produce and you know, not a lot of flash. There's not a lot of fanfare about him so far. Like I think. Most high-level people generally like him, but I just don't nope. think he's rocketed up lists the way that he should have so far.
0: I honestly have not started to look at what others are doing for prospect lists, um, but all the write-ups are in a positive way for – oh, I've spelt Tristan with a a n A-N at the end, and it's an O-N yeah. n- at the end. Well, Baseball America moved on
1: 47 and 19
0: from last okay. year
1: to this year. So I, was gonna say, I, haven't,
0: I haven't seen top 10 stuff. I don't think that's where he is Ty, but I, yep. I mean, he could, you go onto a great team, right? A great offensive team. You will automatically get RBI and run increases because you'll have guys on base and guys to drive you in. Your job is at that point in time to not be Dobby Bobby Dollback and strike out, yep. um, you know, oh, five to one, right? Like
1: 71 strikeouts to 57 across double A AA and triple A last year, um, raked in the fall league in 78 at bats, um, 982 OPS in the fall league. So um, it's, it's there. Like there's, there's a really reasonable profile. And, and I think the power stills to develop. I mean, this is a big boy, six-four, two fifty-two. 252 So um, we're going to see some SWAT here. And I think we're going to see him in Boston this year. I think I think we will see Tristan Cases this season at some point.
0: Yeah, it's possible. It's projected that this is the year that he comes in. Next guy up here, Ty, uh, number 14 on our rankings, Seattle's Ty France, came over from Santiago uh, in 2020 and has since stabilized himself as an everyday MLBer. He moved around last year, pre- predominantly first base. Uh, as we said, that's where he... Uh, will be ranked this year, and then we'll have to see what happens if he does move back to second base because he does have a history of moving around the diamond here. Um, primarily in 19, a third baseman, and then uh, in 2020, the strike shortened year, he was second base DH when he got traded to Seattle, but then found a home at first base last year. So, uh, what was it 291 average? The whole line was pretty solid for him last year. Uh, two to one straight to walk ratio, 73 RBIs, and 80 five runs that's nice
1: yeah i mean what's not to like about uh ty france i mean i think the only thing i will i will say is that i expect a small recoil not a not a fall just a i think he slightly overperformed last year and i think we just see a, a small regression and but beyond that that lineup's getting better we could see some improvement in some of the counting stats because of that yeah uh, but i do think there's going to be a little more inconsistency this season than we saw last. Um, you know, very similar to the next guy on the list, right? A Josh Bell who we've seen flashes of of greatness from, um, and then we've seen flashes of very, you know, limited mediocrity as well. Um, and so I would put those two in the same category, Robbie. You've got him a touch higher. What, what are you loving about Josh Bell more so than some of the other guys we've talked about so
0: far? It's not the love of like the highlighted 37 Dinger 2019 season. It's the fact that I think you can just count Josh Bell in for consistency. Only entering his age 29 season. But Josh Bell has the ability to consistently be somewhere in the 70s for runs, uh, somewhere in the 80s to 90s, like high 80s to 90s for RBIs, the high 20s for dingers. And if you get him on a good team, if Washington trades, whatever happens within that and beyond, um he can be a good guy plus he takes his walks. Now it's not amazing. He strikes out a lot too, but last year 101 Ks and 65 walks with a 260 average and consistently um OPS north of 800. There has been dips in seasons, but season over season um this is a good player. And yeah. as much as I want to love hate with him because like I I was really uh, in 15 16 I was excited for him to come in. He came in and he was good. And I was like, there we go. And then he has like a little bit of a dip in 17, huge year, 18, 19, big year. That was the 37 dinger year. It's And then it was just the fall off a little bit. And then traded, you know, Pittsburgh wasn't good, moves to Washington. What's he going to do? Well, he's just kind of the wily vet guy that everybody forgets about. So yeah. let him go and be a really high floor guy for you for a few years.
1: Well, he spent chunks of last season without Juan Soto in the lineup too, right? Which definitely would hurt his production. Um, I think there's some room for for improvement there um, I'm I'm not against a Josh Bell I just I'm not I'm not as excited about the consistency as others and and you know this is a guy that I'll be out on and possibly wrong on just for those reasons um but at the same time uh, there's guys in this list that I'm I'm definitely more invested in coming up here so that's one of the bigger reasons why I won't be in on Josh Bell but Jose Abreu is coming down the final stretch of his career this is a guy that just cashes runs and he still got Uh, A little productivity ahead of him with the White Sox in a very good lineup there. I mean, I think there's no reason to expect that offense is going to be any worse. Uh, This season, 30 home runs, 261 last year uh, with an RBI total, 117. Um, Career numbers are are consistently that good.
0: Oh, Um, Always 30 home runs, Ty. Always 80 runs. Always right around 100 RBI, but always underrated. Correct. Yeah. Good way to say it. Um, Two more seasons in Chicago uh,
1: before he'll exit free agency. I got to imagine as long as we see moderate expectations, we should see kind of an Edwin incarnation ending to this career where um, he bounces around a couple seasons on a couple other teams with productive before he's let out to the pasture. But um, I I'm expecting three or four good seasons left um, or, or reasonable seasons in that third and fourth year uh, for Abreu. So, no reason to to exit just yet. Um, on this list, the next guy, I had so much trouble with this one. I'll be honest yeah. with you, Robbie. Yes. I really struggled here. Um, and that's Kyle Schwarber. I mean, the move to first base, in my opinion, skyrockets Kyle Schwarber value. Um, yeah. and, and so to me, I think it really depends where he ends up in free agency. Um, I don't think he's going to end up back in Boston. I know a lot of people want to see him there. I, I mean I do think he fits the Brian Cashman mold in New York. I think that's a very strong possibility um, of the way I I don't I think he's a more likely first baseman than Matt Olson um in New York. And I think a lot of people see it the other way around. Um and so I could see that as a very logical landing place for a Kyle Schorber. Um and and you know what he could catch there. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's a former college catcher, right? So Could it's a, it's a fun, deep joke. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's lots of power here. No one's ever questioned Kyle Schrober's power ever. Um, but one of the really interesting things that I've always been i found funny about Kyle Schrober, like without pulling it up, and I don't know if you have it in front of you, what do you think career OBP and OPS are for Kyle Schrober career?
0: I, I do not know. I I well obp let's say 330 i think he's decent obp guy 343 okay i i didn't fudge i should say yeah that's
1: a decent guess but ops is where you're gonna be wrong that's
0: man that's good uh, so OPS, I'll just say 860. That's that's aggressive, but he gets so many diggers. That's too aggressive, yeah. yeah. So it's 836, right? I gotta yeah. remember, he had he was on that really bad Cubs team for a little bit there. Well, you um, threw me off because the OBP was higher than I thought. So, I well, then off. and then
1: you just overkilled it, but yeah, I should I have mean, said 1100.
0: Yeah, I mean, but,
1: but listen, but I'll read you through the last couple seasons, right? So 823 in Chicago, 871. <laughs> Um, 701 in that dumpster fire, but 928 right. last season, right? So you know, lots like lots to like about the OBP as long as you're not getting lost in the batting average. Here, there's there's a player worth worth drafting, which again, not my profile, but I see those peripheral stats and it's hard for me to ignore. So he's he's higher than I'm comfortable with, but also the data says that
0: he should be a guy that could be counted on. I will say this for Kyle Schwarber: if you're in a points league, it's so easy to just let let the average slide. Because you're yeah. going to get all these other things. Now, typically, the bad teams he's been on lower the runs um, that he gets. Like
1: even Roto, though, right? Because he most of his seasons are in the low 200 to 250 range, right? So, like, I, I think there's a reasonable guy even to own in, a, in a,
0: a Roto format, to be honest. Okay. Well, there we go. So, now, so, now we hit the top oh, 10. That's right. Yeah. And, and there's a couple
1: guys in the next few that are my core guys at the position here. Um Ryan Mountcastle is the first one here. I have him ranked 8, Robbie. I think there's just so much upside here. Um and I think of the guys that are getting regular at bats that are under 25, Ryan Mountcastle is is the most underappreciated guy maybe in baseball at any position under the age of 25. Um and you know, that's assuming full at bat time. Um and and this guy had a slow start last year. Uh, spurned me in a couple formats uh, because I I was yeah, in on a I know I was in a competing mode and I needed to to do some things and I I'm regretting it already because he finished the string season really strong. Thirty three home runs, two fifty five on on the batting average. Um, and I I think this guy's the limit. And as Bal- Baltimore starts to get guys that are good and reasonable, I I just think it's going to be there. The one. Red flag for me is the moving back left field mm-hmm. will hurt his home run totals. There's no argument against that. Um, but I do think we will see um, some some other
0: incremental gains here uh, at the other statistical categories just because he's a good hitter. And I would like to say that last year we did say, I believe it was Ryan Mountcastle or Key Brian Hayes. And I feel like it was Mountcastle that was our yeah. top dingers he was. he was our number one last year and he came through last year with a perfect dingers season which is 33 of those bad boys but he did us a solid by keeping his ops under 800 which means that people will say hmm, was it really that good of a year and <laughs> and then it allows you to go pick him up because i think and i moved him back um previously i gotta check here really quick i had him as my number five guy last year i moved him back to 13 this year And the reason is the slow build in Baltimore. I thought they were going to advance things a little quicker. They're not, they're going slowly. And what that means is that Mountcastle is going to get to be a good first baseman for a long time instead of, or should say first baseman, possibly outfield. I'm going to check and see exactly how many games he played at uh, first base last year. But, um, the power's there, even if they do move the park back or sorry, move the wall back, it's not going to necessarily crush him. It's just a matter of um, what's the adjustment period going to be and when is the rest of the support coming that are prospects, not free agents or, you know, like guys like Cedric Mullins who are, uh, I mean, for some people flash in the pans for others, top 20 fantasy players moving forward. So what what's reasonable to expect with Castle over the next five years. And I think it's, it might, he might just be good for, I don't know, eight years. Like he could end up becoming a Jose Abreu for us. Yep. Very well. And,
1: and important note. 22 of his 33 home runs were at home, um, but good power distribution on a spray chart. Right. So he's got pull to pole home run totals. So I got yeah, yep. Sorry.
0: 84 at first base, 21 left field, 41 DH. So there we go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So distribution wise though, I don't think it's going to hammer it. And I got to imagine that the people that made the decision to move the porch back in Baltimore um, did their homework and have a fairly strong understanding of how that's going to impact their players. Because a lot of his his home runs down the left field line are pinched against that foul pole where they're not moving the wall back. Uh, they're kind of angling it out from the left field corner. So I'm sure they, they know some things that, they were planning for but um next guy on the list Robbie. uh he's
0: your guy so i'm gonna let you handle this one <laughs> that didn't sound too promising uh yeah. reese hoskins this is just a mr consistent mr you consistency no, I, well okay sure <laughs> but 240 something average give or take a couple points there um always you know upper 20s he can hit into the 30s with the dingers um the strikeout to walk two to one is pretty standard, but he was better in 19. He had 173 strikeouts, not ideal, but 116 walks, which would have finished second in major league baseball last year with that. So, I mean, work to do, but he also didn't get a full season last year to tie his point. But in um, 2020, he did tie Well, 41 games, sorry, 41 games, but he had 151 at bats, which is why I was thinking that was more of a full season. Um. Just, I don't know. I really like him. I I feel like he's, he's going to consistently be an 80 RBI, 80 run guy. If Philly's good, he's going to be even better. And he's only entering his age 29 season, which means we can get five full seasons of Reese McGuire, sorry, Reese McGuire, Reese Hoskins. Um, and I, I think he's a valuable dynasty piece because he's got consistency on his side. Now I know you're saying injuries, um, whatever. A lot of guys miss games. We still, I think we have yeah. guys higher that miss more. Trey Mancini missed an entire season for no okay. reason. Cancer. Um, but <laughs> <Sarge>. <laughs> uh, yes. but Don't show yeah. me the stats. I'm only looking at the stats.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Anthony Rizzo's next on this list. And I think a guy that is definitely, um, entering his free agent season on having the rec- wrong direction value wise. Uh, for multiple reasons. Maybe if he didn't stand on top of the plate, he'd be able to get a barrel to the ball. But, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons I'm staying away for, from Rizzo. But um, I will say this, if he does somehow end up back in New York, which is a very possible outcome, uh, I, I will like him a lot more. And so for me, in the back of my head, I, I think the New York options are Rizzo or Schwarber, not Matt Olsen, like everybody wants. Um, And so I have him at 11 because your walk totals are still going to be there. uh, In all likelihood, you're not going to see any dip in that. Um, And and I do think he'll find his mojo again with a spring run up in New York with that roster. Um, And there's just natural value to the depth that that roster has with him in it. So I think that's an easy one. To bet on some consistency as maybe the 10th or 11th guy off the board at the position
0: yeah at 23 hit by pitches last year tied your point which helps to drive that obp consistently over 340 for him basically Um, austin martin 369 is his career average uh the austin martin burn nice (laughs) Uh, batting average consistently has been 270 plus last year it did have a dip 248 uh, but the year before 2020, which was the concerning year for a lot of people, again, forgetting, you know, shortened year 222 average. So for him to come back and not go back to the 280, some people do have concern. I could still see some bounce back with him, but we're talking about a guy who kind of needs a home, right? Like needs, needs a multi-year contract. Um, so we'll see. There is still some dust to settle with Rizzo long term. Yep. But, you know, we know if, if you're in an OBP league, he's more valuable than his current ranking with us at eight because there will yes. be guys ahead of him. Who cannot do what he has a huge track record of with that OBP? So yeah, next uh, guy up uh, here, Trey Mancini, skip Mister Skip a season.
1: Hey, um, you know what? I I love to own me some Trey Mancini because this is a guy that just continues to produce year over year, and I have very few questions about what I'm getting out of a healthy Trey Mancini. Um, last four seasons, you know, with the obvious injury that that we talked about, 24 home runs, 24 home runs, 35, 21. Batting average to go with it, 293, 242, 291, 255. Career, 271, uh, OPS, 805. So there's a lot of value here, and in a guy that is in Baltimore um, is always underappreciated, and as a result, you can buy him cheaper. But you can see the productions there. Uh, The only real caveat to owning a Trey Mancini Uh, is the RBI totals will be a little light on the production you get in the other categories because he's in Baltimore, but we should see subtle improvements in that, that total this year, right? We saw breakouts from Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes last season. We're going to see Santander back this year as well. Like Baltimore is going to be significantly better. Uh, they, They still might give up 40 runs a game, but they should be significantly
0: better (laughs) offensively. Um, Somehow they got worse with pitching. (laughs) I don't know how, but yeah, they they (laughs) really You're right though, Ty, like I I, joking aside, obviously I'm just trying to make light of the Mancini situation Um, with the injury. Happy he came over or got over it. Happy. He was back last year. Great player, super underrated. Mountcastle is going to be the same way. Uh, Mm -hmm. Six year age difference between the two gentlemen And, uh, ideally Mountcastle can learn and the professionalism of of Mancini can rub off on him and they can also work well together in that first base DH kind of platoon or trade off, whatever it is that they're going to do in Baltimore. So somebody who doesn't have to worry about that number six guy, Paul Goldschmidt with St. Louis. Um, it's just been consistent and stolen bases was always the thing that people wanted to uh talk about disappearing with him it looked like it did but last year he was able to get 12 99 rbis 102 runs uh beautiful beautiful as well as 30 dingers how how do you not love that with a 294 average like the only reason he's not higher is because he's going to be 34 this year it's not likely that he's going to be uh, playing at the end of the you know fifth year of our five-year cycle that we judge it on so That probably is why he is where he is. We both ranked him sixth. That's where he finished in the rankings. Goldie, Mr. Consistent. And um, depending on your league, if you're in a contracts league, he probably has really high contract just because of his value. I don't think it's a bad idea this offseason to go and try to explore that depending on your league makeup. Uh, Last year, I was in a league where I put a lot of salary dollars into um, wanting to win and doing it with Scherzer. And it really helped me until he had those crummy September starts. But it's one of those things where I wouldn't have been in that position if I didn't make the decision to put a lot of my um, salary into him. I would recommend the same thing with Goldschmidt. Like, he's just going to get it done for you again this year. I don't see, you know, a 264 season coming from him with 60 runs and 65 or 75 RBIs. Like, this is a high octane guy, and that lineup is good.
1: Yep, I agree. Next on, up here is Andrew Vaughn, um, who I think most people are going to sp- be surprised we have him ranked above some of these guys, Robbie. Um, I think both of us believe this is a buy, like a very, very heavy buy right huge now. Second
0: half last year was very evident to us, right? Like he, he's a uh, well, pro wall player. I,
1: I'm not. I'm not going to say a huge second half. Um, the numbers aren't aren't great in the second half. Six thirteen OPS. What uh, two ten? He he ran out of gas. Um, is what you did? What happened here? He had a great July, um, which I think is what people hung on to, and he faded. Um, so did his at bats down the stretch. So, the reality here is it's exactly why I want him. Um, because I see the ability, you see the ability, Robbie. Um, but I think somebody that owned Andrew Vaughn and is in a position either to take the next step or to win might be extremely frustrated with how he finished last season in Chicago. Um, and, and I'm, i want to buy and take advantage of that mentality right now in a very big way. So, um, I really think there's an opportunity here to, to own Andrew Vaughn in, in a lot of formats, because there's going to be some frustrated Andrew Vaughn owners out there.
0: Multi-position eligibility. And I will say he pre- was predominantly a left fielder last year with some right field exposure. We, we put him in at first base, assuming that's where he's going. I know, um, uh, oh, Crum, who was it? Whoever else it was, I said they had 40. Oh, it was France. No, it wasn't France. Somebody else that we said we put him in here. Oh, it was uh, Alex Kirloff <clears throat> because he had that. Um, but Vaughn, the assumptions, first base will be where he is. So that's where he is. If you want to argue with us, he's an outfielder. Maybe we'll put him in the outfielder rankings too. But Ty, I, I have my notes wrong on Vaughn when I said big second half. So I apologize. Um, I, I don't have the notes in for him as a big second half guy. But I think maybe it was that he had a single month that was so you yeah, said July, was-,
1: July think- was good yeah July was good um okay. and and there's there's enough indicators here i mean it's a good hitter um and in flat through the zone which is what i i'm most excited about the pop is is never in question here i just think he got rushed to the pros and and there's a big part of recoil that is going to occur there um but i in the games that i watched down the stretch very similar to what I've said about Joe Adele previously. I saw the progression of a, of a major league hitter Um, and and the skill set is clearly here to be productive on the category side um, and the ability to be a major league hitter is there. Uh, So I I really just think this is a great opportunity to, to buy and pay a lot to get him because I think he's going to be very, very worth it over the next five seasons, regardless of, of what position that that has him at.
0: Yeah. Next guy up here is Matt Olson. Everybody wants him. Well, not everybody. Yankees nation wants him. Uh, he had a career year. Everything was his best, you know, dingers, yep. runs, RBIs, average, all of it It was all his best. He did have a big break in, in 17. Um, so the OPS was better in 17. Uh, but for a consistent full season, this was Matt Olson's big year, age 27. So he's entering his age 28 year. If Oakland is turning the page and going to move on from him, uh, It will change overall, but we both respectively have them three and four in our dynasty rankings. We're at the point now where we're splitting hairs, right? Best of the best. It's going to be individual seasons that are going to make some of these top five, six guys appear to be uh, out of place because somebody was so much better this year than, but then you come right back and Matt Olson's dynamite, right? So, um, Matt Olson's power runs RBIs. He's, he's hitting you in five categories or sorry, hitting you in four of the five categories. Um, and that's great. Right, that's ideal. That's where we are in the rankings right now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Next up on the list is a guy that you drool over, Pete Alonzo. Um, where, where are you at heading into this season? Is he a Hall of Famer already? Is he going to hit a million home runs? Where, <laughs> who cares about the Hall of Fame, man? Who cares? <laughs> with the um,
0: so he's got 106 career RBIs, right? Um, love it, but he has a 37 home run season. And what is it called? It's called a down season for this guy. Uh 94 RBIs was a down season. 81 runs was a down season. I love it. 260, two batting average tie. I said he was going to be a better average hitter than um, his 260 rookie campaign. And he was <laughs> two points better. So if he plays the next 10 years, <laughs> then it keeps increasing by two. Anyway, you get the idea, right? Pete Alonso is a very super solid player. I think the home run um, consistency is going to be there and higher than Olson. I think his ability to consistently get runs and RBIs, especially if uh, the Mets are going to spend money to have great support around a 27-year-old Pete Alonso, yep. I think this is a great place for him. Splitting hairs, like I said, between Alonso and Olson, yep. I I give the nod here to Alonso and he is one. Don't
1: forget, up. Robinson Cano is back. Um, The Mets are back. He is back on the <laughs> escalator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, top two here, Ty. Yeah, number two on the list,
1: uh, last season's number one for us, uh, free agent Freddie Freeman. Uh, Say that 10 times fast. Uh, The (laughs) reality here is I don't see – I I shouldn't say that. I I see two realities here. I I think everybody assumes he's going back to Atlanta, but as Jays fans, we know the Alex Anthopoulos method of negotiating with superstars. Um, And he did the same thing with Jose Batista where he left him out um, and then they signed a very beneficial team deal that allowed them to cut ties after a dumpster fire of a first season um, for Jose Batista. And I think that's what he's trying to build for Freddie Freeman. And I think Freddie Freeman is trying to leverage it. But I think Freddie Freeman might leave. I, I do think that's a very possible outcome here um, for, for Freddie Freeman. And I actually think that's more valuable. I think he's a more valuable asset Outside really? of Atlanta, because I don't think he has like that lineup's okay. There's nothing really wrong with that lineup. Yeah, I mean,
0: they only won um, the World Series,
1: right? But if, but here's like a theoretical thing like you're gonna lose Rosario, um, and and so your protection to Freddie Freeman in that lineup, right? Because you're going Acuna, Albies, Freeman, right? Or flip Freeman and Albies, but then your backup behind that's Austin Riley, um, and yeah well who's the other guy and Ozuna could be back right so after that that lineup gets thin so to me if Freeman's not hitting in the two hole I'm a little concerned about Freeman's value um and so (laughs) I think the more logical outcome is is LB's in the two hole with the switch hitting capability but I don't know they did some weird things with that lineup last year too so I, I really don't know how to put value I am actually concerned that Pete Alonso might carry more value than Freddie
0: Freeman this oh. year, um, oh. which, hard, which is really
1: hard for me to say. Oh. Uh, that which is hurt. how I
0: have it ranked. Just so we're clear, I yeah. have Alonso two, Freeman three. And fun fact, Ty, the top two guys, Canadian. <laughs> love, love it. Yeah, who's number one? Tie. Tell yeah. the people who's number. Who's it's the number one. Also a Canadian.
1: Yeah, it's a. It's a best hitter in baseball vladimir guerrero um this guy is a superstar if you watch five minutes of vladimir guerrero last season you know this um they pitched around him and he still hurt everybody and that's just the reality because a of the jays lineup's really good but uh vladimir guerrero is is a phenomenal hitter uh and has the ability that only probably one other hitter in baseball has mike trout the ability to make the adjustment and only do what you give him uh in in the the, the patience and the wherewithal to just be comfortable hitting a single through the right side. Like how many times did we see that last but season? My God, will he take some daddy hacks? Oh, oh my it's the greatest. God. Will he? yeah. When he's ready hacks? to go to work, like, he, he's oh, there. baby. Yeah. Like that home run in the all-star game still is fun to watch. I, I, every now and then that highlight pops up somewhere on my, one of my feeds and just in Tatis's reaction of it going over his head. Like it just, it's gone. But you know, comparing him to the other guys in this list, like, I think there's a significant gap between Vladi and every other first baseman on this list. I just think he's that much better um, in every single way he walks. He hits for power. He hits for average. Um, he's a reasonable base runner. Like everybody assumes that he can't, like he runs the bases really well. Um, he made some dumb, dumb mistakes in his rookie season, but beyond that, he's become a very good base runner at taking extra bases when he can, um, when teams fall asleep on him. But you know, I, I think the reality here is there's just a lot of flexibility in this group. But Freddie Freeman, just to finish that off, flagging him, I see him as the guy that should be drafted in the top ten. That's going to be this year's Mookie Betts.
0: Oh, okay. So he's just not going to be able to return that value.
1: Okay. I, I mean, he, we saw hints of it last year. Like there's indicators that that like the peak years are are kind of go away um, because his bat to ball skills are really good, but his action to get there is is a little concerning
0: um as he ages i could see very a rod level fastball beatage well maybe a year in a year's time ty there will be some significant changes within our top 10 but just to give everyone the countdown here from 10 mountcastle 9 reese hoskins 8 rizzo 7 trey mancini 6 goldie Five, Andrew Vaughn, which might be the surprise of the top 10. Number four, Matt Olson. Number three, Pete Alonso, two, Freddie Freeman. Number one, Vladimir Guerrero Junior. So oh, we got a 23-year-old leading the way who's only getting better. My goodness. First base, not the dumpster fire it once was. Even if you're in uh 20. 30 team leagues, there's a way for you to carve out decent value, no matter which way you want to play it. Studs, duds, platoons, whatever you're going to do. Uh, if you want to see this list in full format, I apologize. We have not made a pretty version of it yet, but we will slice and dice the ugly one for you. We'll give you the catchers. We'll give you the top 50 pitchers. We'll give you the second baseman. We'll give you the first baseman, hit us up at dingers pod. If you want that. And, uh, yeah, we're still going. We're still dynasty ranking here. And we're hoping you guys are staying warm. It is minus a bazillion right now. Minus 15 uh, for me, Ty. And snowmobiles, I, I doubt they picked up. But several snowmobiles have driven past me while we've been recording tonight.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Well, and, and those of you that try to figure out where Canada still is on the, the world spectrum, um, we're up north. Well, we'll still be there. And uh, we'll be there for a while. But until next time, it's been Robbie. And Tyler here on Dinger's.